This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Is it a scarier prospect for this defense? To have to stop Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson. By the way, did you see that Justin Jefferson's gloves and arm sleeve are going to be on display at the Hall of Fame? Really? Because of that incredible catch. They're like, you're going to the Hall of Fame. What happens on the next catch that's better than that? Oh. Do they take that his out so and I wonder go this. ahead and start putting his bust together now? No, no, not his. What if it's CeeDee Lamb that makes a better catch? Ooh. Then do you take uh, Justin Jefferson's out. out? Okay, He's For out. the MLB Hall of Fame, you have to give whatever you're giving. It's not a on loan or on lease. I think the only thing that's ever been on loan or on lease is Willie Mays. Uh, least, I believe, his glove okay. that he caught the ball in the 54, oh, 54 yeah. World Series. But... Um, I wonder with Justin Jefferson if he gave those to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and now they're theirs to display or take off display whenever they'd like or he's loaning them to them and then he gets them back. Because the other thing, too, in baseball, if you have a good game with a bat, you you're use keeping it. that yeah. bat. Like That bat isn't going to the Hall of Fame or like I'm not using it anymore. No, the bat's on fire. Mm-hmm. I got to keep using this son of a gun. I would kind of wonder if you think you'll be in the Hall of Fame someday anyway. Like, if you're just some dude who just did something amazing, I'd be like, sure, here you go. But if I'm Justin Jefferson, maybe he's like, I'll be there eventually. Most of those guys, like, I know, remember Jesse Holly told us that after every every game, he gave away his gloves. Like, he would just find somebody in the stands that he'd give his gloves away. Even that one where he almost scored the touchdown. Really? Or he was that close, he gave his gloves away. And there's another story that goes to it. I need to ask Jesse about this because... I think like he either saw that person later and then autographed him for him or something like that. But yeah, so maybe Justin Jefferson just typically does something like that where he's like, I give these gloves away anyway, so y'all can y'all can have them. I'm just gonna wear a new pair. I love as week. a former player when you do that and they're like, Yeah, can we have Mike Piazza's autograph? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I don't think you do love that. Like, is. Like, like I'm sure like Jesse Holly gave his gloves away and there had to be one kid and he didn't mean anything by it. He felt like adults should know better, but like. Hey, can you get me Des Bryant's gloves too? And you're just like, uh, I just gave you my gloves. I literally kid. just gave you some gloves from an NFL player. And yeah. you're saying, Hey, um, I don't know who you are. What else or, you what else you got? Yeah. Is so my question, and the reason why I said this defense specifically, because otherwise I would think Justin Jefferson would be the answer, but going into this game. Are you more scared about the prospect of stopping Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook? Um, Justin Jefferson can break you a lot of times. Like, he can score points from anywhere on the field. Um, and on a drive, that was a fourth down catch, Kevin, that he oh, made. Yeah. There. It was, was, was it fourth and, and he get, catches an 18-yard pass? Yeah. So, like, that's probably Jefferson. 
I love Diggs, and I know the last time they matched up, I was listening to Bobby Belt this morning, you know, reel off all the stats from that game. The last time they matched up, it was at that point the lowest uh, production he'd ever had. And in times where he was lined up against Diggs, lowest production. But we talked with Isaiah yesterday, and he doesn't think that they're, he thinks they're going to stick to their defense, especially if Anthony Brown is out on the field. Yeah. And it allows them to be kind of in their defense as opposed to following around anywhere. But man, just the simple, the trust that Kirk has now. Was it his rookie year when he said, throw the effing ball? Yeah. Kirk? Uh, and he's like, listen, man, like, trust me, I'll go make a play for you. So I, for me, I know Dalvin Cook and Madison can run the ball. Mattinson, they can run the football. And I know that this, this team is very, like, focused now on that. So I feel like their approach to stopping the run, which did you see, was it uh, Vrabel that said you get the right to rush the passer when you stop the run? Oh. Uh, so that's a Tennessee thing, too. I think their focus is there. And they may be looking at Jefferson and going, all right, we, we're going to have to give up some here a little bit. I guess the, for me, Kevin, the person that I'm more concerned about, even more so than Jefferson, is Hawkinson. Hawkinson because he's already done it once to us. And we aren't great in coverage against line, against uh, tight ends. So how are we going to approach you know, stopping that guy from keeping third downs moving? It does kind of feel like a hole-in-the-dam type situation, right? Where you're like, all right, we're going to bear down. We're going to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And while you're doing that, you're like, hey, probably one of the best two or three wide receivers in the league can go out there. And you're like, all right, we're going to make the focus. We're going to make Trayvon travel or however you think the way to go is there. And then all of a sudden, hey, underneath you have a tight end that can destroy you if you're focused on stopping the run or stopping Justin Jefferson. So I don't like that you brought that up. And Adam Thielen. Like, don't forget about that guy. We bring up Adam Thielen. They have a a very effective, and Osborne's not a poor receiver. They just don't target him that much. But, I mean, Adam Thielen's still a really good receiver who can catch tough, tough catches and has good, big, strong guy. He can move the chains, too. So there's a lot of different options for Kirk Cousins. I think the big deal is, whether or not Kirk Cousins believes he can do it on any given moment. Like, that's his biggest problem. So, J. Ron Curse, who, I mean, he was, you know, he was spitting all kinds of fire yesterday. Let's give, let's go with b- the breakdown of both of these players. First cut, number eight. This is J. Ron Curse on Justin Jefferson. He's the best receiver in the league right now, hands down. Really? Yeah, hands down. I mean, the tape doesn't lie. Uh, you know, Anybody could, you can say whatever you want to say. You turn the tape on, you see it. And, uh, you know, he, he gets open against everybody. Uh, you know, he, he, he plays good against every opponent. Every top corner you put in front of him, he's going out and he's making his plays, his individual plays, winning his individual matchup. Uh, you know, so the tape, the tape doesn't lie. So there's scary matchup number one. By the way, Justin Jefferson, second in the league in receiving yards, 11th in the league in yards per catch. Then we get a cut number nine. Jaron Curse once again. This time about scary matchup number two, Dalvin Cook. You know, he's a guy that when he gets the ball, he can get going quick. He's very elusive, very, very efficient with his jump cuts and getting in and out of his breaks and things when he's running those routes or when he's on the edge. So just a guy like him, uh, you have to wrap his legs because he keeps he keeps him moving on the contact. And that's what makes him a great guy. Uh, his vision is good. His run, his run after contact is good. It's a lot that comes with a guy like that. Part of that answer that I thought was really interesting was he keeps his legs moving on contact, which makes it so difficult 
to stop him. Dalvin Cook, eighth in the league in rushing yards and 11th in yards per carry. I, I know he said he on contact it's good and everything. Man, the one thing, the times that I've seen him have big plays against the Cowboys specifically or big plays in general, the hole is, is wide open. So you and, think and that could be your primary muddy, problem? Muddy up every spot that he could. You know those gap things that we're talking about, Kevin? Yeah. That the problems the Cowboys are having there? You have to just make it just muddy. Every time he tries to find a space, it's not there. But that's difficult when you're trying to fill all those different running lanes and Justin Jefferson's trying to run wild and free out there behind you. So I think if I have to pick one, and 877-881-1053, if y'all want to get in on the conversation, and somebody said from the 817, excuse me, stop Dalvin, you win, period. And I think that is the direction that I go because I know we have an elite pass stopper in Trayvon Diggs. Now, I know, of course, the argument is we've discussed. He's probably not going to travel the entire game. I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. I don't know who our elite run stoppers are, and you've seen in the Cowboys' losses it's because they get gashed in the run. I guess you could say Demarcus Lawrence, but he's on the outside. Which is tough. I know we're bad at sealing the edges, too. So I think it's a great question. I think the issue is here is... This is the first time in which game, maybe Philadelphia, where there's another major option. I mean, Green Bay didn't have another option, and yet they still torched you with some rookie kid that I forgot his name already. Christian Watson. Yeah. So now you look at this and go, all right, stop Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Well, Minnesota might go, fine, put eight in the box. Stop him. We're still going to hand it off to him every, every once in a while just to see if you can. And if you're going to commit that many, you're going to play one-on-one with the best wide receiver in the game. And the other guy ain't bad on the other side. He's a really good number two in Thielen still. I know he's yeah. getting older and not what he used to be, but still really good. And, hey, we just traded for TJ Hawkinson, a first-round pick who a lot of people said, this guy has a lot of talent. Yeah. Is he, he's healthy, right? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure because you gave a look, and then I was worried that I no, said no, something No, no, my look wrong. was thinking about those coverage <laughs> options. It was yeah. not about, yeah. So if you if you load up and say, we're going to play in our lanes, we are going to commit seven people to stopping the run. All right, you got four people to now cover the three guys I named plus another dude who might go out in a route. That becomes, all right, this is why it's really tough. I think the Cowboys can win this game. I think Vegas is almost telling you. Uh, hey, take Minnesota, take Minnesota. Yeah. And usually when they when something looks so off like that, like how easy it looks, how to pick a game, it, it, what worries me tomorrow is like picking Minnesota looks like an easy pick, but every time Vegas does this, I swear they know something, which makes me think Dallas is going to somehow win this game. Which should be phenomenal. But I, I do worry that there's no way to stop this the way the Cowboys have played defense against the run except Kirk Cousins could crap the bed on the game of the week and a couple of things to go into that about my concerns especially why I'm intrigued by your hypothesis about Vegas daring people to make their bets in this is Dallas is two and two on the road and Minnesota's unbeaten at home and then Minnesota's also broken off seven straight wins including wins over the Dolphins and the Bills of course, their only loss is to the Eagles. So this is a damn good team, as you would probably guess, at 8-1. and one. So the fact that we're on the road and still a point-and-a-half favorite surprises me, especially when breaking down those two matchups. Uh, somebody said, 
why are you guys making such a big deal out of that catch? It wasn't that great. Oh, man. Seriously? And then they were like, yeah. And you can debate the Odell thing. And they were like, the cornerback had the ball and is holding for him to catch. And I'm just, you rewatch this thing in slow motion and like his arm is extended while the cornerback is holding it with his, with one hand. They're both have one arm on it. And they both and want the ball. As was, he's fall, as he hits the ground, he rips it away. Like there's no way. I always feel like that's one person trolling because they're <laughs> the only human being on the face of the earth that could watch that play and go, not impressed or very easy play. Like I, but that's why I think that they're doing that just so they can see if they can get us off topic and talk about something that doesn't make any sense to really have a conversation about. Maybe so. Sometimes I think you underestimate I fell for it. how much people yeah. believe the things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I am really yeah. curious about well, that. Well, Corey, I think most people who watch football, and I'm going to say like 99 out of 100, would say that was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I, I just rewatched it like 16 times. From the from the four six nine, I like I, I like this because Brady James said something about this last night. What you during, were hanging out with Brady that's James? That's right. And and I don't know. And a former Maverick from the 90s. I don't know if like Moreland Wiley. No, it is a prominent Morgan Maverick Wallen. from the what? Jamal Mashburn. Mike Isolino. Jim Jackson. I would go back to the last one. You're in the the sphere. Jim Jackson? Yes. From the 469. (laughs) Hey, Kevin, can I have your thoughts about the following phrase? Kirk Cousins does what Kirk Cousins does. Is yesterday Brady James said there's no shock and awe with Kirk Cousins. Like, he's very dependable. He does what he does, and he does it well. And I think that's a great way to describe it is I don't think you'll look back on this game and be like, Kirk Cousins beat you in this game as much as like he eroded you and wore you down. And then you're like, well, crap. He throws a beautiful football. I will not give, I will not take that away from him. Okay. Like, you know, Mark Lowe threw that very good straight fastball. Uh, straight. Yeah. And uh, Kirk Cousins throws a tight spiral. There are moments where Kirk Cousins has no clue what he's supposed to do. If yeah. you, if you, and if he's yeah. about to get hit, he is very quick to be like, I am going to give the ball to whoever's around me. So I don't get hit because the quarterback shouldn't get hit. Like that's, that's the kind of leader he is, is you take the hit for me, man. You don't think he's a leader at all. I don't. Who was it? Donald Hodge? No, I, you already guessed it. Jason Kidd. Sean Rooks. <sighs> Chris Gatlin. Who do you wish it would have been out of all the people that you're listing off? Who Roy, would you most want to see there and be like, oh, I would like to talk to this person? Roy Tarpley. Well, yeah, you know what? Roy Tarpley. He's, <laughs> he's dead, Corey. I hate That's to why be, I wish it would have se- been In him. his second year in the NBA, he was sixth man of the year. Yeah, and then he got suspended for life by the NBA two different times. Was which it dirt? I still can't get over. No, it was Jim Jackson. I love Dirk. He's awesome. He Could is have been awesome. Steve Nash. He's available. We have an autographed basketball from Dirk for Peaceathon. No, no, no way. And an autographed jersey from Luca for Peaceathon. Yeah, Rachel Ring gave us uh, donated She's that. The best. He's awesome. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, how many of the NFL divisions are still really up for grabs? Plus, Mike likes it. 877-881-1053. Was it Brian Cardinal? We'll do it next. No! Right here on 105.3 The Fan. All right, it's the 
the holiday season, which means holiday deals for you at the Black Friday sales event happening all month long at Southwest Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Get ahead of it now on the purchase of your brand new vehicle with general manager Mike Brown and his fantastic team. They want to make you a customer for life. Located just minutes from the Metroplex, it's worth the short drive to Cleburne to save a lot more if you're looking for a brand new Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. You also get the Gilcrest Promise when you choose Southwest Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram for your next car, truck, SUV. Buyers get two years of the work service. This includes all your oil and filter changes, your tire rotations, your multi-point inspections, and more. That's what owner Stephen Gilcrest is going to do for you. You can go online to purchase. All the inventory is updated daily at southwestcdjrtexas.com. That's southwestcdjrtexas.com. The buying experience is so easy when you purchase from owner Stephen Gilchrist and general manager Mike Brown. Drive a little further. Save a lot more at Southwest Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Cleburne. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Positive Joey is back, and I'm here for it. Why are people picking on Dak Prescott? Yeah, do they not hear all the highlights? He throws touchdowns. So I was intrigued by this prospect when I was kind of looking across some of the betting odds, and so I wanted to pick y'all's brains about it, is how many of the NFL divisions do you think are still in play? Like, not playoff spots, because I gave the wild card. That complicates the deal. But how many are still in play in terms of your, like, I think multiple teams can win this division? I mean, with still almost half the season to go, I would I would struggle to say any are locked up. Do I think Philadelphia, I'll say this, Minnesota and Kansas City are probably the two closest teams that I'll say, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pretty sure if you want me to bet on something, I'll bet on Kansas City ends up staying and winning that division and I'll bet that Minnesota with the lack of, you know, teams there that they would, but like with Philadelphia, man, all it takes is another loss. And you're right And the there. Giants are tied with them, and the Cowboys are, are right behind them. So um, Kansas City 7-2, and two, Chargers 5-4. and four. They play each other this week, right? They do. 
So if the Chargers win that game, big favorite in that game. Okay, and I get it. I mean, they should win that one pretty easy. Gosh, Tennessee, (sighs) Miami. No, like I, I still think Buffalo can make a run there. So I guess I'll say. Minnesota number one as the okay. most likely team to win their division. I'll lean towards Kansas City being number two. So the interesting thing about that is if you look at the Vegas betting odds, they essentially think all the divisions except for two are over. Okay. And the two that they think, they think the team that's going to win is not the team that's in first place right now. So Buffalo. I'm just gonna, yeah. Buffalo and San Francisco. Oh, okay. So I was wondering about I was wondering about Cincinnati and Baltimore. Too. Okay, so let's let's start with that division in the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens are a minus five hundred. So essentially, they're saying an eighty three percent chance to win that division, even though the separation between them and the Bengals is just one game. I can't help but wonder if that would lower even like a little bit if Jamar Chase was still there. And so this is what's surprising to me. He's coming back this year, right? No, yeah. He'll he'll be back. I'm just saying, like, since he'll be out a couple more games. is And then in the AFC South is Tennessee has created some separation with them going on a pretty good run. They're a game and a half above the Colts. But they are a minus 500 as well. So 83% chance they win. I would rather bet on the Titans winning their division than the Colts. I mean, sorry, than the uh, Ravens Ravens. winning their division. I think that is very fair. And then in the AFC West, where you brought it up, it's a two-game cushion, and the Chiefs and the Chargers play. The Kansas City Chiefs are a minus 2,000, which gives them a 95% probability of winning. So they're saying that division is over. Even in the NFC, wow. even I know is that's what's amazing to me about this. Even in the NFC East, which you brought okay, up, r- real quick, yeah, I'm gonna have you guess this if you don't have standings pulled up. Okay, who has the best plus minus point differential in the AFC South? I guess the Titans, Jacksonville at plus eleven, and they're the only Get team the in the F positive. Out of here. They're serious? three and seven, and they are plus eleven on on points for points against. Even the Titans wow. are 166-4-168 against. Wow. They have a negative two-point differential on their season right now. What a garbage division that Just is. Just to give you an idea, the Cowboys are plus 47. Okay, so that puts it in perspective. Now, since you brought it up, NFC East, Eagles. I'll go with they have a minus 600. They are more competitive, minus oh. 350. All right. But that still marks you at about a, a 78% chance. Next on the list is the Cowboys. So right now, if you do think the Cowboys can win this division, four and a half to one on your money. So if you believe in the Cowboys, that's a heck of a prospect right there. What is the Cowboys record in your mind? The Cowboys win the NFC East right now, six and three. What is the Cowboys record at the end of the year if you're saying they're the division champs? 13 and four. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, will I, I think t- you're right. I will tell you this. Here's my, I don't know if you think this is a bold proclamation because I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. The Cowboys went out, they're the NFC East champions because then you'd win the tiebreaker yeah, yeah, over yeah. Philly I'm and if you. they drop one more game. But I think 13 and four <clears throat> would be the most likely scenario because it seems. I, I think that's what the Cowboys have to go. I agree with yeah. you. And. They cannot lose on Thanksgiving, and they no. cannot lose against the Eagles. If because then you through. don't automatically get the tiebreaker anymore. Absolutely. Now, the one that you referenced that is done is minus 5,000 for the Vikings. They are 98% okay. to win their division. And no love 
for the Atlanta Falcons, who are only one game back of Tampa Bay, minus 400 for Tampa Bay, so 80% likely. So my point is... All, all of those teams are negatives except for Tampa Bay. They're a huge, they're positive plus three on the year. <laughs> okay, that does not surprise me at all <laughs> because the Souths are crap divisions and the East are dominant this year in a year where we thought both of the West divisions yeah. were going to be great. Now, so my point is six of the eight divisions are, they're over in the minds of Las Vegas. Okay. Now, the two that are not, the favorite in the AFC East is the Buffalo Bills, despite the fact that the Buffalo Bills are currently in third place, having lost the tiebreaker for the time being to the Jets. And then the favorite in the NFC West is the San Francisco 49ers, despite the fact that they're not in first place in that division either. You have to pick one of those teams that's going to win their division, San Francisco or Buffalo. Who are you taking? I'm taking San Francisco because I think they have an easier path and only one real team to jump. I, I like your pick. I'll take the other side. And what I'm saying is I would take your pick, too. If you yeah. made me bet, I would take your pick. I'm just trying to look at Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo's next two games, Browns, obviously still without Deshaun Watson, and then at Detroit. And I know Detroit isn't horrible, but they're also not very good. Hey, one, so two in a row. They win those next two games, and then they they really can control their own destiny at New England, home against the Jets, home against the Dolphins. So, I mean, you look at that next five games, and if they, you know, obviously if you go 5-0, and you're in great shape. But I think that they're going to win their next two games and put themselves right back in a really good position going into playing a lot of AFC East games to win that division. So, I like your pick. I would lean towards San Francisco because I don't respect Seattle as much as I respect Miami. But... um I think both of them will end up on top. I like that Vegas has that because I think that in the end, I think San Francisco, it, San Francisco or Tampa is going to be Dallas's first round opponent. Yes. And then I think that Buffalo ends up getting back into winning that division, but I don't think Buffalo is going to be the one seed anymore. And some a couple of people have texted in different thoughts is from the 817. I'd bet on the Giants to win the division before I would bet on the Cowboys. I know coming off a bad loss, I understand that sentiment. I would not. I still believe in the Cowboys, a Cowboys team that has already defeated the Giants more than I would the Giants. And then somebody asked this question. Yeah, yeah, your mics. Real quick on the Giants. Um, they do have an easy game this week against the Lions, but they still have – a game against the Cowboys, two games left against Washington, two games left against the Eagles. They still have yeah. five. They've only played one divisional game, and they lost to the Cowboys, and that was at home against uh, Cooper Rush. Which, on the flip side, could pivot well for them because if they run that table, well, then all of a sudden, obviously, you see them winning the division. And they still have at Minnesota. Yeah. So they have five divisional Yikes. games in the toughest division, and so that's five games left, and at Minnesota. So those are six of their games. So I don't know when you say, hey, I'd bet on the Giants, not you, but yeah. if you're listening, you say, I'd bet on the Giants. Man, the Giants do somewhat control their destiny, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to hope that they go 3-3 three and three in this division. And then another text from the 817, the Eagles' remaining schedule is so weak. Where are they going to lose another game other than the Cowboys here? I think we're underestimating that corridor of games leading up to the Cowboys. Because, Mike, I'm not saying they're going to lose all these games, but listen to the schedule okay. leading into the Cowboys. 
at the Colts. Probably a win. Host the Packers. Probably a win. Host the Titans. Probably a win, but those those two games right there, you could see losses. At the Giants, at the Bears. Yeah. So I'm not And the Bears do things that the Eagles don't like. Yes, they do. And so I'm not saying, oh, Philly's going down in that stretch, but I think you can easily find another loss through that stretch of games going into the Cowboys rematch on Christmas Eve. I hear you. And then also, I just wonder when you name the Packers, I just wonder, did the Cowboys give them confidence or did they give them that positive feel that they need to the second half of the season somehow win six games the rest of the way, being at four and six. That's the record, right? Yeah. And I know they probably won't win that many games, but if they can figure out a way to win five, then they have a chance of getting that last wild card spot. I'm just wondering, did the Cowboys wake the Packers up? Yes, and we talked about this last night in Cowboys Crosstalk. My most frustrating aspect of that game, and I didn't change it retroactively when the Eagles lost and you you could have moved way close to them, is – you have a chance to go to Lambeau and put the Packers down for the season, and you didn't. And I just hate the idea that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are rising. You know, like I yes. combine combine they're still what <laughs> uh, combine they're still nine and eleven, and I get that. So I'm not saying like they're the favorites, but I hate the idea of facing either one of those in the playoffs, especially when you could have put Aaron Rodgers down for the season. The first part of the season was just load management for him, and now here they are, they've figured out, <sighs> oh, that guy can actually catch the ball, and I trust throwing to him. You and- know, it's funny, and I know I'm jumping ahead here, but if the Cowboys play Tampa at Tampa, which is I think a fifty percent possibility, yeah, is. I'm worried about Leonard Fournette running for 140 yards. That I mean, that's what happened in the first, in the game, first right? game. What's what's going to change? The Cowboys haven't got any better at stopping the run. Yeah, maybe Leonard Fournette will be tired. Now, <laughs> that's that's my hope. fingers crossed. Yeah. That's my hope by that this point by that point in the season. Now, quick side question or thought for you guys is. Did you see exactly how LaMelo Ball had to leave the game and got hurt again? Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, it's Dennis Smith Jr. time? Yeah, maybe. So, Were there multiple balls included here? Okay, I see what you're doing. Was it doing. just LaMelo Ball? It was just LaMelo. Right. Is he had been working with a busted-up left ankle. And so with a minute 34 left in the game, and they're losing by nine points already. So it looks likely. Very likely to beat the Mavericks in this situation. Yes, that actually is really fair. (laughs) Is he had to leave because he stepped on a courtside fan's foot. Uh, And you can see like his face definitely change, and he is in a lot of pain. Do you remember, Corey, how different NBA players played? In the bubble, when there's no fan sitting next to the court, like how they use more than the whole court because, you know, they can save balls and not worry about running into people or running into chairs. Yeah, it was very different. When they would take angles sometimes, like if they're going out on the fast break, they would run where there would be chairs and you couldn't get that type of angle you wanted either to the corner or to the wing or... You know what always terrifies me, Mike, is the NCAA tournament when they go to the raised court oh, yeah. and those guys. Oh are, my gosh! Like, isn't that how, yes. Who was the guy that broke his uh, fibia? Like that? I know it That's wasn't because of that. Yeah. Because, I don't know his name. Uh, because that was a moment where it was right there at, near the edge of that but court. What made that visual all the more astonishing was you could see all the players like on eye the level, bench, yeah, like rise up and like, 
Oh my god. They were watching it at eye level. Yeah, man, that was terrifying. So yeah, the it, it is interesting, Mike, that you bring that up because I didn't think about it, but I remember watching it yeah. at that time going, Oh man, that does help. Or when they're trying ways. to track down a guy like yeah. on a fast break, they're like, I'm going to run as fast as I can because I can keep running if I don't get them. There's no stands behind yeah. the basket that I have to slow down for. You were just talking yesterday about a lawsuit with a with a player in the NFL. Yes, who because of that. Because something like that. I'm is, amazed is, that hasn't happened yet because once you get to like the regional sites or the Final Four with that raise court, I'm amazed that we haven't seen more of that because that is a scary prospect. Do you think Ball's going to bounce that way and try and sue somebody? <laughs> okay, that, that was that was. Very nicely done. Yeah, it's Kevin Ware for the people oh, that yes. are bringing. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got a heads up for that because we were at Easter dinner and I knew something astonishing was going to happen in the game. And it seemed to be a rather run-of-the-mill game anyway or sad game for Duke because they were in that game. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, my. So you knew something was going to happen, but I didn't, know, didn't know what. what. But so many people were like, "Holy crap! Can you believe that?" And I was hoping it was going to be like a crazy Duke comeback. Not that. <laughs> You're that, like LeBron. You just predicted the future. Yeah. You're like Joey, just predicting the future. With yeah. The, you know what? Is Joey our LeBron in <laughs> yeah. terms of like somewhat confused history predictions? Joe Stradamus. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Oh my god! Just, Can we start calling you Joe Stradamus? Yeah. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I, I very much. <laughs> I just I want the Cowboys to win more than that, but not by as much as you might think. Like I I want that to be a thing. We were on air the night Paul George, yeah, and DJ kept playing the sound over and over. Was it, it the was breadstick that, cracking? Oh he was like, gosh. "Oh, here in case you missed that." An Paul Olympic George. game, not in Olymp- the Olympics. Yeah, it was like a qualifier. Yeah, yeah that was. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Bring up more uh, terrifying injuries. How about instead we transition and do some Mike Likes It? What? Do you want to talk about terrifying injuries? No, I do not. I I, I don't watch. I can't. After it happens, I don't watch. Oh, really? Interesting. I I don't like that uh, type of. Un-American. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So. You guys remember Jay Crowder, Phoenix Sun, former Dallas Maverick a long time ago. Made a great trade, got Rashawn Rondo, but really he wasn't the main part. We got Dwight Powell for him. So mm-hmm. really? and we couldn't do anything with Jay Crowder, and then he found his role elsewhere. Right, rock that out. So Mark Stein, who lives here, the Stein line, he's worked for ESPN. He's worked for, I believe, like the New York Post or something. One of the top NBA uh, writers in the game. And Jake Fisher, who works for Yahoo Sports. Both of these guys had this report last night. It didn't come about, but they won't get specific on it. But expect, I would say, Jay Crowder to get traded by the end of the weekend. And Mark Stein had there been some credible rumblings this week that the Suns have made progress on finding a trade for Jay Crowder. Then Jake Fisher followed it up by saying, word is the Suns appeared close to finalizing a three-team trade involving Jay Crowder prior to tip-off against Golden State. Now, let me throw this out. I do think the Mavs are interested. I don't know how interested. I will say I don't think he's the perfect fit for the Mavs. I think we have kind of Jay Crowders on our team that aren't the best three-point shooters, that are solid defenders, that aren't the best dribblers and passers, but they have a role in the NBA, a la Reggie Bullock, a la Dorian Finney-Smith. I think kind of Josh Green is trending towards kind of that type of player. I'm hopeful of that. Right? So I'm not saying the Mavs are part of this, but – the Mavs are very good 
at making trades that nobody see coming. That's now, true. This has now been reported, but they're not announcing any of the teams in the trade. It's just that the the Phoenix Suns were close to trading Jay Crowder from two very credible sources. One super credible in Mark Stein. I'm wondering this, and this is all a wonder, all a theory. I have nothing supporting this. I have no word from anybody with the Mavericks. I don't think JaVale McGee is hurt at all. Uh, There is nothing wrong with his neck. There is nothing wrong with JaVale McGee. But he got taken out of his starting spot, which was promised to him in the offseason. And so I'm wondering if the Mavs have said, look, we're going to sit you out. We're not going to possibly get you hurt. We're not going to put you in a role that you don't want to do and that we didn't promise it's not fitting. I'm wondering if there's some sort of JaVale McGee going back to Phoenix. I have no clue about this, but JaVale McGee was a solid backup last year for Phoenix. It's the reason that the Mavericks were interested in him. So I'm just putting together Jay Crowder possibly getting traded last night. The Mavericks intentionally not playing JaVale McGee to make sure he doesn't get hurt, and I'm sure they're trying to trade him. I'm just wondering if there's some sort of Mavericks connection on Jay Crowder, whether he's coming here or whether JaVale McGee goes to Phoenix in some sort of three-team trade where the Mavericks end up getting okay. something uh, in this. So I would love that because it's it's acquiring more assets. So yeah. I would support that. And and you don't want to have a guy who just came here who doesn't want to be here. And then at the same time, um, Dwight Powell, it was weird that they kept him. Usually when you're moving on from yeah. a person, like, hey, he was our starter. It's not working out. We traded for Christian Wood. We signed JaVale McGee. They're pretty much saying, like, hey, we're just not going to use Dwight Powell anymore. And now you're using him again in the exact same role that you used him. But for the first four games, you're just sitting on the bench. It's I think it's weird for both guys. I think it's weird for JaVale McGee. You brought me in to replace him, yet you kept that guy. Now you've replaced me. And I just I do think there's a little bit of a weird chemistry on the Mavs with having JaVale McGee and Dwight Powell on the same team. And yeah. it looks like the Mavs have made their choice, right or wrong. Indeed you make your opinion have. that Dwight Powell is the guy. And that JaVale McGee isn't. So I'm just wondering if JaVale McGee is possibly part of some sort of Jay Crowder three-team trade where JaVale McGee might go back to the Phoenix Suns. That would be very interesting. All the right. Phoenix Suns team that remains, I know they struggled before the Golden State game, but they still remain kind of better than I thought they would yeah, be. Yeah, you know, and I had this pulled up. After the Mavs lost last night, I know, look, I was very disappointed with the Mavs last night. I was very tired, too, and I went to bed, and I'll get... Uh, to that in a second. But when you look at the Western Conference standings, and I know the Mavs have not played their best basketball of late. They are 8-6. and six. Here are the standings right now, and you tell me the Mavs cannot beat this team or the Mavs. Let's just say a seven-game series okay. started today. The Mavs or this team, who would you pick? Number one seed right now, the Portland Trailblazers. I would probably take the Mavs, actually. Corey, Mavs versus Trailblazers, seven-game series starting tomorrow. Trailblazers. Okay. Phoenix Suns. Suns. Okay. I know what the Mavs did to them last year. They're playing different this year. Until they get to the playoffs, and then I think they'll break. Okay, I hope so. Denver Nuggets. Denver. Mavs. Jokic, he's a joke. Okay. What are you doing Are you being sarcastic? I would would probably take Denver. Okay, so that's the first unanimous we got. Okay, totally get it. Utah Jazz. Mavs play Utah Jazz seven games. Mavs. Mavs. I love Clarkson. I still love him. Those are the top four seeds right now. 
I know there's a lot of basketball. There are 65 games or more for most teams to yeah. play in the NBA. So there's a whole bunch of time for everything to change up. My point being so far after you get through the top four teams in the Western Conference, by the way, if the Mavs would have won last night, they'd be tied for second place. Wow. Now they're in eighth place. Or sorry, seventh place right now uh, in the Western Conference. Now it goes to Pelicans. I think I actually would take the Pelicans. Okay, gotcha. No problem. I know they don't have the playoff track record. Is Zion going to be healthy? Uh, I mean, Who the hell knows? It starts today. He's okay. not playing recently. Okay. I don't know if it's because he's hungry or he's hurt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take the Mavs. All right, Grizzlies. Oh, man. This is fun. This might be my dream playoff matchup, Mike. All right. Like, I want to see that in the Western Conference Finals. I really do. I think, uh, in- And I'll, I'll say Mavs because Luka wants to beat the Mavs. At this moment in time... Mavs. Sorry, Corey. My bad. Let me finish here, Kevin. I'm sorry. I'll say Mavs because Luca wants to finish the Grizzlies, not the Mavs. Okay. Right. Um, now you can go, Kevin. <laughs> sorry about that. Is At this point in time, with that much basketball to go, I think I would take the Grizzlies. Okay. And I understand. But my point being in naming those teams is the Mavs aren't playing good basketball this year. For the most part, they're not playing good basketball. Yet they are 8-6. and six. Luke is having an MVP-type season, but overall it's been disappointing, I think, for most Mavs fans so far. But when you look at the Western Conference, I think if I were to say Milwaukee or say Boston, I would say, dude, you're, you're losing we're, we're in sure. trouble. Yeah. We, but right now when you look at it, this is why I'm not giving up on the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I don't think this team's good enough to win – if they don't make a trade to help this team out. But I, I don't think right now you can look at the Mavs and go, it's not a good team. Well, like, and it's not going to be yeah. a good team. I, I think there's, look, Reggie Bullock is one of the worst players in NBA history in November and December. I don't know why. I don't know why he is, like, literally Reggie Bullock shouldn't be in the NBA right now. Maybe he fasts during those two but, months. But but this is his career. Last year, he was a pathetic Dallas Maverick until somehow you get to the January date and he starts changing. And so that's the hope. And uh, obviously, Maxi Kleba, I am worried about him. He looks like he has the yips. He looks like Chuck Knobloch at second base when he gets the <laughs> yeah. ball. And I don't know if that's going to change, right? Like, I think Kleba has gone into another. Kleba is mentally effed, not as much as Ben Simmons, but a little bit. Like, the, he, I haven't seen a guy this mentally effed since and I know this goes into uh, a, a now who's a coach when the Mavericks got Jacques Vaughn from the Utah Jazz. Oh yeah, he was a solid player, and then he got the yips with getting the basketball and shooting. No, sorry, it's Howard Isley. Howard Isley, sorry, right? It was Isley. Was it? I'm not sure I remember that. Okay, so it was right when Steve Nash took off because it was like, dude, we have to get somebody. Yeah. and the Mavs. It was. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm Mike forgetting. James. It was either. No, he was way later. But it was, I think it was Howard Isley. Sorry, it wasn't Jock Vaughn. It was Howard Isley. And you're like, dude, thank God we got him because Steve Nash is probably a backup point guard yeah. more than a starting point guard. And then Nash takes off. This guy gets the yips. And and if I have my guys right, which I think I do. But just talking about the Mavs real quick. Last night was a horrible loss. The Mavs don't have a point guard on their team besides Luka, who should deserve minutes. Compazzo is a point guard, but he doesn't deserve minutes in the NBA. He's a 15th man on a team, not an actual player on a team. By the way, Jaden Hardy is doing pretty darn well in the, in the G, G League. League. 
He's shooting 52% from the field, 40% from three. He's averaging 25 points a game. I believe he's averaging like six rebounds and six assists. So he is developing in the minor leagues, which is a very good sign, but it doesn't mean how much can he help us this year. But that's a good sign that maybe the Mavs have help on the way in a year or two with another player or a trade asset uh, if somebody's falling in love with him in the G League. So anyways, those are my Mavs takes with just looking at it going, look, it's not good. They're not playing well, but the West does look somewhat still pretty open. I do like that the NFL and the NBA are favoring us in terms of you're in the right conference right now. Yes. All right. Now let's talk about my kids. (coughs) They're sick. My kids are driving me insane. Oh, Oh, Help me out here, Tolos. You have three kids. You have three kids. You have two kids now, but one that kind of doesn't do anything. Don't talk about Brandon like that. That is very fair, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Is it on TikTok? Not interested. I'm a house dad yesterday with a sick kid, and so I'm taking care of him, but I'm also doing (laughs) housework. There's no chance that you want to read through that string of texts that you sent us yesterday. You made stew. amazing. You made made beef stew. Got in the Peloton. Cornbread. Chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) You were were busy yesterday. I was a house uh, parent. I will say a house dad. Obviously, I consider myself a dad. Um, so you, as you should, as you have three you. children, uh, is laundry. How many effing pairs of clothes can one human <laughs> being wear? And we have three of them. I'm like, are you putting on five effing different outfits a day? Because this is a joke. Uh, and we do laundry quite a bit. Now we make our kids do our own laundry. But yesterday I felt like, like, let me help out this situation. And I open up each kid's door. And my wife works. I work. I think there's a lot of people out there that have multiple kids that both parents work. And you try your best. And last night at dinner, I didn't get, I got a little bit perturbed. My wife is better at talking in a normal tone in those things. But I'm just like, guys, we work. We both work. And we're both trying really hard to keep this house clean. We have cleaning people that come in twice a month. Okay. So every other week they come in and try to, it's not like super deep clean, but they're, they're doing a better job than we do. So it's our job for the 13 days to try to keep the house in shape. Yep. And we do a decent job until I open up my daughter's bathroom oh. or I open up her her room. She's an S show. <laughs> and I told her in a way of keeping things clean. She's unbelievable and really smart and like just got into UT and is getting college offers left and right. It's great. She's a great person overall. But I told her yesterday, I said, you know, you're going to go to college. She's like, I'm just so busy, this and that. I'm like, yeah, but you're about to live with somebody who kind of doesn't know you. And I'm sure you're going to become friends but you can't just leave everything on the floor and just just leave everything in like total chaos. There has to be some sort of organization. There has to be some sort of, I respect the other people that are living, whether it's in this dorm coming up or the people that are in this house right now that I'm just asking for five minutes of your life a day. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. And I'm not the cleanest person in the world, but man, do they make me look like Mr. Clean. <clears throat> My... My wife has been helping me out a lot when it comes to Brandon because we'll go through a situation and she'll be like, I totally feel why he thinks we're the dumbest people in the world because I also thought my parents were the dumbest people in the world at that age. And anything you ask them to do is the biggest thing in the world. Like, asked my son, I was like, don't forget to take out the trash. He's like, I know, I'll get it. And I'm like- yeah, or or he will at the very last second. He'll be like running off to school in the morning and be like, "Oh, 
I was supposed to take out the trash, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I asked like twice yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is a good kid too, but like things like that drive right. him crazy. So I know I picked a little bit on my daughter. Let me pick on my youngest son. My youngest son loves taking showers. Okay, and yes, he is 12. But before you think that, he showers in our bathroom, so he's probably not doing what you think he might be doing by taking that many showers. But ah! every time he takes a shower, he takes that towel and he says, "F you, towel! Uh-huh. You're going straight to the ground." Uh-huh. And then he takes another shower after school and he says, "Screw you, towel!" And then he takes a shower before bed. I don't mind that you take three showers a day, at least two. Like, I'm not saying he has to take two, but like, fine. You you like taking showers. Fine. That's great that you like taking showers. You don't have to use a separate towel every time. In fact, my wife put down a rule yesterday that you have to have, you get one towel for three days. And we are, yep. so so you have to use this towel. If you want to hang it up so it dries a little bit, so the Even next your time you use it, yes. Okay. Well, she says she needs two towels because of hair. Yeah. So he said, all right, you can get two towels for three okay. days. But at some point, you got to help us out, man. Like, we we are not home taking care of this house as much as I was a house dad yesterday. No, you were a good house got dad, Got a lot too. done. Literally, if you don't have kids, five loads of laundry yesterday and we do pretty much a load of laundry every other day so if we're doing laundry almost every day and then i did five loads, and guess what didn't even touch my daughter's stuff oh my gosh because i'm not sure what's clean and what's dirty facts and then i need to know are we taking a u-haul to college for just your clothes (laughs) like what the hell's going on and we live in an old house with very small closet she really doesn't have much of a closet it's very small but I'm just like, how can all these clothes be in this bathroom? All these clothes be around on this floor, and you have clothes in drawers? What is going on? How many pieces of denim do you need is my question. From the <laughs> from the 650, Mike, my 20-year-old is the same as your daughter. The room is a total S show. I'm former Army, and it makes me insane. I if was, you figure it out, let me know. I was mad yesterday when she got home, and she's like, what? And I'm like... It's that attitude, too. If it was just like, hey, what's going on? But it's like, what? Or I'll do that. And I'm like, I'm so busy. She's just like, Dad, I'm just so busy. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? I make money for a living (laughs) so we can have this house. And so does your mom. She makes more money than I do. But we both are working our butts off and we're trying. We do laundry. We do somewhat clean the house. We pay people twice a month to come in and really help out. We're just asking for five to ten minutes of your life a day. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm asking for five. Just pick up your stuff, put it in a hamper. Every once in a while, walk your clothes down. Like every third day, walk your clothes down from upstairs to downstairs. Throw them in the wash. Put soap in there. Hit the on button. And then an hour later, take them out, throw them in the dryer, hit the on button. That would help us out tremendously. Joey, not necessarily for Masterpiece of the Week, but I want that drop of Mike defiantly yelling, I make money for a living. <laughs> we're, the, we're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. By the way, Mike, a lot of people, they're like, y'all are explaining my life right now. Three boys between 20 and 14. God, I love this segment. I have three kids that are 12, 10, and 8, and that is so freaking annoying. Coming up next, it's the C-Block. Starring Corey Major. Well, if you love that segment, now oh. it's time for me to vent about my kids. Oh, all right. No. Actually, also, in addition to that, the one thing you can't rely on from the Cowboys. Uh-oh. Next. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.